0: In each episode of this podcast, we'll share some of what we're learning in the work we do with kids and families on a daily basis at Daystar Counseling in Nashville, Tennessee. Our goal is to help you care for the kids in your life with a little more understanding, a little more practical help, and a whole lot of hope. So pull up a chair and join us on this journey from our little yellow house to yours. Well, it feels like a lot to talk about.
1: It does. It does. It's been quite a week in our city.
0: It has been quite a week in our city. We were messaging back and forth, starting to talk about what we wanted this episode to look like on Sunday, I think, of last week, having no idea what Monday, what was going to happen in Nashville and at the Covenant School, and decided really we wanted to change everything that we were saying. Not that our hope has changed, but our perspective sure has. It has.
1: And even that we were scheduled to record an episode on hope Mm. in the middle of this week, you know, in the midst of this week. Mm. feels like these are the kind of circumstances that allow us to really test drive the hope that we do have Mm. to really see how deep and substantive um, Mm. and real it is.
0: Mm. For some reason, as we started talking about this, I remembered, I don't know where we were speaking, you and Melissa and I, and we were going to a restaurant and We ended up, I don't know if you remember this, we ended up in an Uber and somehow started talking with the driver about being believers. And he, do you remember this? And he said, We know the same hope.
1: Mm.
0: And that feels true. Yeah. Exactly what you were saying. Yeah.
1: So for folks who might hear this episode down the road, we will simply share that on Monday of this week in Nashville, Tennessee, our hometown. Where we live and where the daystar offices are, an active shooter came into the Covenant School, which is a beloved school in our hey. community, pre-K yes. through sixth grade, and sweet place. Yes, and three children and three adults died. And Nashville is often mm-hmm. described as a small town in a big city, and I think this week has been a reminder of that. of, you know, just bumping into folks all over the place this week and being reminded that everyone's life was touched in some way and Mm. folks knew folks in different ways and dr Catherine Kuntz, who is the head of school at the covenant school is a beloved friend of ours that we have known for over 25 years and had even asked her to be a guest on our podcast. We
0: had both separately asked her at we different had. times.
1: And she had said a definitive yes. Mm. We even laughed about it. She said, can the episode be somewhere between two and three hours? Because we have lots <laughs> to talk about. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Which feels like a picture of oh. her wit and, and her And
0: I so wish you all could have gotten to hear from her and her wisdom. And as you said, her hilarious. Tell that story that you told me the other day.
1: Yeah, when those of you on the podcast know my unique family situation that my firstborn is a girl, and then we got an enormous surprise at an ultrasound in our second pregnancy, found out we were having twins. At the time, we were living in a 900-square-foot house, two-bedroom, one-bath, and we were just going to hunker down with one other baby, and we realized we found out we were having two boys that would last about 10 minutes so mm. we put our house on the market we bought this bigger house that needed a ton of work and friends and family found out about our unique circumstances and we over a weekend moved into this house and I shipped my wife off my very pregnant wife off while we painted and ripped up carpets and did all the things and Word kept spreading amongst friends, and so I would walk through the house that weekend and just round a corner, and there would be someone I didn't even know had walked in painting or pulling up carpet, and I have a vivid memory of going into the laundry room of that house, and there stood Catherine and Dick Koontz. Catherine had an ironing board out. She was ironing curtains, and I just said, I can't even believe you're here, and she looked at me with all her strength and humor Mm -hmm. and said, you can't believe I'm here. I can't believe you're about to have three kids under the age of two. You better be glad we're here. (laughs) (laughs) You need a lot of help, and no truer words have been spoken. And that just is a snapshot right there of this woman that we love, Mm. I think in two ways. One, that she would immediately respond to needs. And it was a doer and figuring out what she could do and how she could serve. That's such a picture of who she and Dick Koontz both are. And also that she just was always speaking truth. Always speaking truth to the two of us, wasn't she? Yes,
0: she was. Yes. Yeah. I know. Driving here this morning, I was thinking, gosh, she certainly will be missed in this world. The difference she was making daily, the stories we have heard all week long, and the stories we've heard about every person that was lost. Yes. And we really have had the privilege of being kind of front row to a lot of the week. That feels like a weird word, the privilege, the horrible privilege maybe is a way to say it. You were speaking.
1: I was out of town on Monday, but you were there when families were reunited for the first time.
0: Yes. We heard it had happened. I don't know if I've even said this to you, David. And Katie, one of our friends and coworkers, dear friends, texted and said, there's been a shooting at Covenant. And I mean, I just didn't even believe her. And... Came straight to the office and was standing in our office as we were getting news and getting news. And I mean, of course, I immediately texted Catherine, knowing that she would be on it, having no clue what had happened and said, how can we help? I mean, she was a fierce supporter of Daystar. Yes, she Loved this place. And so Daystar staff started going over to take snacks and ended up going over. And so I spent part of the day at the reunification center and just standing beside families and seeing their hurt and panic and urge to be with their kids and having to wait because having to come up with a system to make it happen. And I mean, it was just awful. And we both have talked about that. I mean, I think the only thing that has kept me going through this week is feeling like I can help. I can do something. I can, you know, it's just crazy how much we talk about that for kids and how having purpose wards off anxiety and moving them towards good. And it has certainly been what has kept me on my feet. I mean, it's the only thing. And so that was Monday. And then Tuesday, we got to go spend time with the parents, again, of Covenant, and were asked to share some ideas on how to help kids work through it. And, I mean, I just can see them, you know, standing there talking to them. And then Daystar has offered free counseling forever for the families that have been directly impacted. And so we have had, I don't know how many, come through our doors in the last few days and have gotten to sit personally with two kids who were very close the kids impacted, and just bearing witness to that kind of tragedy, and knowing that those kids have sat through that, and I don't, really, I don't have words. I really don't have words. I don't either. And it has made me so grateful. The fact that we have had several interviews today, and in our last podcast we're recording is about hope, because it is where I certainly want to land right now. Me too. Yeah. David, did you ever let your kids have gummy vitamins when they were little? We sure did. It was the only way to get them to take their vitamins. For a long time, Henry would only take the gummy vitamins.
1: That's because they are basically candy in disguise. Most kids' vitamins are filled with sugar and chemicals, junk kids do not need.
0: I know. That's why I'm so excited about Haya Kids Vitamins. Most children's vitamins are filled with five grams of sugar, But Haya is made with zero sugar and zero gummy junk, yet it tastes great and is perfect for picky eaters.
1: Haya was formulated with the help of nutritional experts to include a blend of 12 organic fruits and veggies and 15 essential vitamins and minerals, essential for supporting immunity, energy, brain function, mood, concentration, basically many of the things parents usually bring their kids to us for.
0: Yes, it is exciting to think that a little chewable vitamin could help support all these areas of development for kids. And of course, we know kids don't really care about all that health stuff, but Haya's gotten them covered too. Henry loved the customizable jar that came with the first order.
1: We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. Receive 50% off your first order. To grab this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash RBG. This deal is not available on the regular website. So go to h i y a h e a l t h dot com slash r b g and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. And that we are getting opportunities to practice everything we try to teach Mm. to kids about what it looks like to anchor ourselves. To truth and anchor ourselves to hope when our feelings may be moving us in a different direction in a lot of moments our feelings could be moving us toward a lot of sadness and hopelessness and so mm, i think yes. that verse you talk about feels more important than ever
0: yes well john 16:33 you know all the things that we know that god does that we don't know he's doing but that verse has been helpful for me this week, all week long of in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Just, yes, I need that. Like I am unaware on some days that I need it, but I always do. And it's interesting because we talk so much, we do a parenting seminar on this and we talk about how in this world, you're going to have trouble that it feels like we live in an age where kids know that collectively. And I absolutely believe That's true, and I think even this week, having conversations with kids about what's happened, not only the kids who are directly impacted, but just counseling through the week of kids who haven't been as directly impacted, but we all have in this town, because as you said, it's a small town, and I know one child at Daystar said, I think his mom was checking on him, and he said, Mom, this is just a part of life now, Mm. which makes me sick, makes me absolutely sick in my stomach that a child would say that. And they have grown up with it being a part of their lives. Like that is a trouble that I'd never heard of that. No. Ever. No. And so, you know, I think big picture, they know there's going to be trouble. And then I don't even know if you have felt this, but one of the par- hardest parts for me this week, because literally it feels like every waking hour with the exception of maybe an hour or two before bed have been about this and trying to help. When it's been, I'm afraid, mostly teenagers that have come in and seem kind of unaware that they could know that three miles from their house, there was a school shooting and they are shocked at the trouble they still encounter in their friendships. And in there, it's like we get it on this macro level and we sometimes don't get it on a micro level. Mm -hmm. Kids in particular, like these things shouldn't happen to me. And I think we can't say enough to kids that we are living in a fallen world. And it feels like, again, we are talking about this and we are not living it out somehow. And so helping kids anchor to these kind of truths are also happening in our friendships and they're happening in our relationships. And no one can get 120% on every single thing they do. And so much of anxiety, I think, among kids is about their own perception of who they should be and the pressure they're placing on themselves. And so helping go back to over and over in this world, we're going to have trouble. And I think even the awareness of that trouble, the experiencing of that trouble and parents for you, knowing that the truth of suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character and character, hope and trouble is a part of suffering. And I think If we could have stopped this from happening this week, if we could have shielded these kids from it, every single one of us would have done that in a heartbeat. And I sat with a high school girl this week who is remarkably aware and remarkably mature. She's so cool. And she said to me, I feel different. Mm. I feel really different already. And she said, and I want to be. Mm. I want this to have changed me. And she said, I feel like a lot of people at school are still talking about the little things. And she said, I want to let go of the little things. I don't want to worry about the little things that everyone else is seeming to get consumed by. And Mm. I mean, don't you, I feel that from when mom died. It feels like there is a switch that flipped in me that day where I care about certain things less than I ever have. And that feels like such a place. I'm so grateful of what trouble has brought to me. You too.
1: Uh, I had the exact same experience after losing my mom and that I still use that as a benchmark to when I'm evaluating different things Mm. like it doesn't matter anymore. Mm. And this week was another one of those benchmarks too. Mm. And think about the obvious common denominator being it's loss, loss. Mm. and the deepest of ways. Yeah. That to that amazing young woman's report. Like I want it to change me too. Mm. I don't want to be the same. I can't be the same on the other side of this, but that it changes all of our perspectives. Mm.
0: So thinking about that. So thinking about from a big picture, you know, this girl who's feeling the effects of it as a high school student, who's saying, I don't want to be different. And then the girl that I saw the next hour, who seemed oblivious, who is, you know, heartbroken over a breakup, which, Of course, breakups are heartbreaking, but thinking about how do we help them understand that we live in a fallen world, and it hits us on a macro level, it hits us on a micro level, and it feels silly to even talk about, but in the Brave book, I wrote a page and a half of, you're going to have conflict in every friendship you ever have. I mean, all these practical things, because the reality is I have felt Jesus' presence more this week, but I also want to feel it. When I have conflict with a friend. And I think anytime we can step into the fact that this world is fallen, that in this world we are going to have trouble when it's little, when it's big, that the rest of the verse has so much more power. And that's where we want to point kids. And so we had been talking about at seminars recently about saying to parents saying to kids, it's a John 1633 kind of week. And that feels trivial this week. And it is a John sixteen thirty three kind of week and not a trivial way at all. Like this is the most hellacious kind of trouble we could experience and we get to take heart still.
1: Yes, and that's where I love the verse goes next. And I think even wrestling through for ourselves and then with the kids we love, what does taking heart even look like? Like what does that even mean for us as people in this moment and whatever stage of life you're in. And I think, you know, the first thing, Sissy, that stands out to me is I think that taking heart is active. It's not passive. Mm,
0: David, And I, love I that. think
1: we love the idea of it. We love the words, but we I don't do. think about the actions yeah. behind that. And I think, you know, it reminds me of when we talk a lot with parents about how forgiveness is a decision and not a feeling, mm. you know, that it's action oriented mm-hmm. and that, Sometimes I don't even feel remorseful about something I've done until I move into the active part of apologizing to someone. And ideally, I'd feel remorseful first, and that would move me toward the act of forgiveness. But I think it's often the reverse. I think we have to go through the motions. I talk about in my new book that we don't, think our way into a new way of living. Like, we live our way into a new way of thinking. Like, I've got to take steps forward. Wait, say
0: that again, David. That's so good.
1: We don't think our way into a new way of living. We've got to live our way into a new way of thinking. Mm. And I think we forget about the action part of that. And Mm. I think about our... Other dear friend Catherine Wolf, who we love, I love when mm. she says, You sometimes you gotta get sassy with your soul. I love when she <laughs> says that. And and I think mm. that is when I'm not just reading a scripture aloud to myself, but I'm saying it out loud as a directive to myself. Mm. You know, heart, why are you so downcast today? Mm. You know, and then like, what do I need to do with you today? Mm. The action part of that, and I think it takes me right back to my laundry room. Catherine Kuntz didn't think, oh, those Thomases, I bet that'll be hard. She thought, get in the car, Dick Kuntz. We're going over there to iron some curtains. We're going to paint some rooms. That is so her, and I want her legacy to remind me Mm. of that and help me even think about all the different ways to take heart. We are sitting here in my office in between us both Mm. is her book, Parenting the Way God Parents, and I think that book is just full of action. That book is full of take heart kind of statements and moments and declarations that I just want you to be thinking about. And, you know, Sissy, I Mm. think this week, in the midst of deep sadness, I have been saying four of the same things over and over to myself like, you need to walk, you need to listen to worship music, you need to hydrate, you need like these action oriented Mm. kind of basic things that are helping me. Put one foot in front of the other. And I was thinking about on our staff group text at Daystar earlier this week, somebody sent out the reminder of Andrew Peterson's Mm. song, Is He Worthy? And I was thinking about that line, you know, that says, Is it good that we remind ourselves of this? Mm. You know, it is. And it's like, What kind of reminders have been my take heart reminders Mm. this week? And so I think I just would want to challenge you in talking with your kids, like what are the action parts of Take Heart that mm. you could be thinking about as a family? And I think that will be different for every one of us.
0: Um, mm. David, I love that. Yeah. If you have not heard that song, go listen to it. Yes. Even Do You Feel the World is Broken? We do. I mean, all of it just right now. I had seen that text and been thinking about the song. Did you hear it this week? I mean, in the office.
1: No, I did I
0: was going from one client to the next, and it was on whatever radio thing we subscribed to. It was playing. That played, and then Ellie Holcomb played, and I just <laughs> thought, God, thank you yeah. for those two people, for their music, for their words, for the hope they share. Yes. Yeah. David, I know Owen is a lot bigger than Lucy, so I can't imagine how much dog food you all go through. I feel like Lucy always wants to eat.
1: Lucy probably eats nothing compared to Owen. He is a canine garbage disposal.
0: <laughs> Speaking of garbage, there's a lot of junk in many of the dog foods out there. I'm so happy we found Sundays.
1: Me too. Owen loves his Sundays dog food. Sundays contains 90% meat, 10% vegetables, and 0% synthetic nutrients. Besides USDA beef and all natural chicken, it also has digestive aids like pumpkin and ginger plus disease-fighting antioxidants.
0: Lucy is loving it too, and so am I, because it's easy to store and serve, plus it costs 40% less than other healthy dog food brands.
1: I bet 40% less on Owen's food is a lot more than 40% less on Lucy's.
0: (laughs) Definitely, which means you're saving even more money with Sundays than I am. I'll let you buy the tacos next time.
1: You got it. With Sundays, every order ships right to your door, so you'll never worry about running out of dog food again.
0: With our crazy schedules, that's the best part about it. You know we love dogs around here, so we worked out a special deal with Sundays for our dog-loving listeners.
1: Get 35% off your first order of Sundays. Go to SundaysForDogs.com slash RBG or use code RBG at checkout. That's S-U-N-D-A-Y-S-F-O-R-D-O-G-S dot com forward slash RBG Upgrade your pup to Sundays and feel good about the food you feed your dog.
0: And then we move from take heart to the reason we get to take heart, which is I've overcome the world. And when we were talking about this episode, we usually try and give three practical takeaways. And I think we don't feel so practical right now. But I was thinking, you know, I think if I had to say right now, currently, Two of my takeaways personally for this week, one would be in part the conversation with that high school girl. And she went on to say, I haven't gotten to tell her mom this yet, but she said, one of the things I want to remember is I want my faith to be more important to me. And she said, we were at a service at church and my mom prayed over us. And she said, she prayed for so long and it was so pretty and I can't pray like that. And I said, your mom's had a few more years to practice. And she (laughs) said, she has, but it was so comforting. And she said, and my mom knows so much scripture that as she was praying, she kept saying these verses over and over and over us. And she said, you know, my dad and I used to memorize scripture a lot together. And I think it's time for me to go back. Wow, I love that that's where she went. And parents who are doing those things, she did not say that to her mom or dad. She said it to me. You're not necessarily going to hear it, but it's absolute truth that kids go back to when it feels like their foundation has been shaken. It's there. It's there. And then I had a girl that I met with who really bounced into my office, and it was the first time I'd met her. So we sat on the floor, and y'all know I have my dog, Lucy, who's a part of my practice, and this little girl was so thrilled to meet Lucy. And Lucy was doing every bit of her good work of waving at this girl and licking her leg while she was sitting by her and, you know, all the things that we feel about dogs. And this girl talked about being in a classroom, sitting next to the door, and the, the shooter came to the door and was bumping up against like the handle, shaking the handle and trying to get in, kicked the door. And, and this little girl said, You know, but what was okay was that she kicked the door, and I heard her groan. It hurt her foot, and I was so happy. And then this precious little girl, we talked a little bit longer. And, I mean, our time was up, and she popped up with so much joy and gave me the biggest hug and walked out. And I thought, that is the resilience of a child you know, and she's going to be mad and she's going to be sad. And this is going to mark her and still living in that open-handed place of feeling what they feel and that they have a sense of trust that we don't. And I think man, the amount of times when you and I stand on a stage and we are introducing ourselves and we say, it's not that we're experts. It's that we've been working with kids for 30 years and we're sharing with you what we learned from them. I finished that time and I thought. I learned so much from them. I love that. No, don't we? We both do so much all the time. And my other takeaway, and you've heard me say this now 30 times, but I feel like I will never forget that out of this ministry that you and I get to have, we've had some conversations with some different people this week, and I was called down to do a live TV broadcast. And it was all happening late at night. We are scattered right now. We're not paying attention to a lot of things. And this was a bigger news program. And I didn't understand a lot of what they were saying to me. Like there's some language that I don't know, news language. And so they said something about I was going somewhere and I didn't even know what they were talking about. And I thought I was going to a building that they'd rented a studio. Well, then I drove down and it was where all the trucks were parked, all the vans, the news vans. And I thought, oh, I'm Going to stand in a van and Tuesday morning was really cold in Nashville. And I I didn't take a coat because I thought I was going to be inside and I just wasn't thinking. It was Tuesday morning. And so turns out that it was what, you know, you've seen a million times with live broadcasts, but it was all these people standing along the street opposite Covenant. And Mm -hmm. I just I didn't know. I didn't know any of that's what it was going to be. And so I walked up and because this was a national broadcast, I was a nervous wreck. And also feeling like this is such an important thing to be talking about. And I'm so sad. I'm just so sad. And so I just was nervous for a million reasons. And standing there and cold, and my when I get cold, my kneecaps shake, which is such a weird thing. I don't know if anyone else has ever had that happen to them. I hope someone has. But and I was standing there and my kneecaps were shaking. And I didn't know if it was because I was cold or I was nervous or sad. And, and I was looking at the covenant sign, and I just was so choked up and thinking, sissy, get it together, get it together. You have, you're have you about to be on live national TV. And I hadn't even thought through the fact that we are bumping up against Easter. And so looking at the covenant sign, and 10 feet away from the covenant sign was the covenant church's sign announcing their Easter services. So here is the sign of this beloved school and church in our neighborhood where we have so many families that we care about who've been touched, that Catherine has been there all these years, and then in such big, bold letters, it said Easter. And I think for me personally, in the midst of like knowing there are no answers, knowing it's hard to talk to anyone about this, it's hard to talk to God, like I don't understand, we will never understand, and I thought, that's it, like the darkest day that I remember in Nashville. And the sign next to it says Easter. And that is our hope. And that's our only hope. It's our only hope. It is. Yeah. And I'm so grateful for the reminder. Me too. Yeah.
1: When we ended our time with the covenant parents, we read to them from the Jesus Storybook Bible. Because as you're telling that story, it's all we have to cling Mm -hmm. to right now. You know, I love that part when it said, where's the sun? Where's mm. the moon? It's not needed anymore because God is all the light we need at that point. Mm. And everything sad will come untrue. Those beautiful words of truth mm. by the dear Sally Lloyd-Jones mm. and how many times I've read that back to myself over and over. I wasn't yes. just reading that aloud to those parents. I was reading it back to myself because mm. it's all we have to hold on to mm. right now.
0: I can't wait.
1: Yeah, me too. Sissy, we just spoke in town last night and reminded the parents in the room about putting on their oxygen mask first. That great reminder that flight attendants give parents when they board flights.
0: With summer rolling around and kids home more hours of the week than ever, that reminder feels so important.
1: A hilarious dad who works from home told me last night at the book table that when school ends, sometimes his sanity does as well.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know who could help that dad out? Our friends at Wendy. Wendy is here to help parents relieve the stress in finding high quality sitters when they need them.
1: I am talking daily with parents who are worried about summer childcare logistics.
0: Wendy offers a nanny service where they match college students with families for the summer.
1: We all love summer, and your kids especially love summer, but we lose the consistent schedule of kids in school. This creates all kinds of problems.
0: Thankfully, there is a solution to this problem. Wendy, that's W-Y-N-D-Y, is an app that connects families to college student nannies literally in minutes. These college student nannies are background-checked, interviewed, and honestly just awesome.
1: Wendy has been around for seven years. Over 20,000 families have used Wendy to complete more than 140,000 jobs. There are hundreds of qualified college student nannies on Wendy ready to work near you.
0: Families have greater childcare needs in the summer and college students are looking for jobs. Wendy is here to match families to these college nannies. Everybody wins. This could be part-time or full-time. Wendy has a match for your needs.
1: All you have to do is go to wendy.com slash rbg to start a search for a nanny and as a special offer they are going to knock $50 off your search if you go through that link.
0: Wendy provides top-notch service but at a fraction of the cost of a traditional nanny agency and no ongoing fees.
1: Here's how it works. Go to wendy.com slash rbg to start your search.
0: A Wendy Concierge will find great matches for your job and set up interviews for you. You choose the one you like.
1: Get started now because there are a lot of parents out there looking for nannies for the summer. Go to WYNDY.com slash RBG. So, you can live Claritin Clear.
0: Use as directed.
2: I don't know how to make someone have hope, although I know I've tried a lot, but I can't really even make myself have hope. Today, I did experience hope. So I may not be able to teach it or explain it, but I do know I experience hope. And today, with hundreds of others at a funeral for Katherine Koontz, who was the head of the school, Covenant School, who gave her life to protect the students that she loved. As so many of you know, it was March 27th when there was an attack on the school and three students and three adults lost their lives. Today at Catherine's funeral, I did experience hope. I love the scripture. I have read it in a while, but uh, I turned to make sure this is what it said in Hosea 2.15 from the message, where it says, I'll turn Heartbreak Valley into acres of hope. I felt like that I was sitting among others, hundreds of others, on acres of hope today. Today, we all grieved with hope. Today, we heard from Catherine's friend, sister, daughter, son, her husband, and I laughed and I cried as they told stories about the life that Catherine lived. Today, we celebrated the life that she is now living. And as it says in Romans 5-2, we experience some joy as we experience hope. It was just a reminder to me that it's a expectation, anticipation, and I love to anticipate and to look forward, but there's a confidence in it of what God will do, what he has promised. 1 Corinthians 15, oh, the resurrected life that he has promised. We can be confident. I love those words confident. Hope is a confidence, an expectation, an anticipation. What we are confident and we expect and we anticipate will happen. What God will do is what gives us hope today. That's what hope is. Philippians 1:6 it says, being confident that he who began a good work in you, that's today, he began a good work in you and me, and that he's going to carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus. That was in the NIV. and the message, says, There's never been the slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started this great work in you, me, and today, as we celebrated Catherine's life, we heard about how God started this great work in Catherine when she was born. And then we heard about through young life and how she baptized her best friend and her best friend baptized her, and I believe they said in a bathroom. But that great work was started in her. And it says that he is going to bring it to a flourishing finish. The work, Catherine. Her race is finished on this earth. She today is celebrating, and we are celebrating with her what we anticipate and what will be someday for all of us. Also, I love the scripture in Second Timothy one twelve, where it says, Because I know whom I have believed, I'm convinced that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him right to the end. I kind of combined a little bit of the NIV and the message, but I think I memorized that verse through the song. I know whom I have believed. But again, that is one that we we cling to now. The one that we believe and we trust in that he's going to take care. He's going to take care of us right to the end of this life on earth. Having hope, experiencing hope, changes us. I don't have time to go into all the changes that take place, or maybe any of them, except you know when you experience hope that there's a change, one that you may not even pretend to understand. Several years ago, I was visiting the cemetery where some of my relatives are buried, one being my grandmother that I was close to. I may have spoken about her before, she had such an impact on my life. She lived to 103. But when I looked at the headstone, her grave, I had never seen something that was written on there. Of course, her name and her dates were written there. But then these words were there. Who the Lord loveth. And I was like, where? Who? what? I asked my aunt, I asked my mother, I asked my father, who decided to put who the Lord loveth on grandmother's headstone? Oh, they didn't realize it was on there either. And then we laughed. And I know who put it there. I know who decided to put it there. I know that the confidence and the hope that my grandmother lived with And I know she wasn't bragging, as we all thought at first. Maybe she was. She wasn't bragging. She was stating what she believed, what she knew, what she lived in hope for. That nothing, as it said, she knew that nothing was going to separate her from the love of God. Oh, who the Lord loveth? Odie Trevathan who the Lord loves, Catherine Kuntz. who the Lord loves, you. On the front of the bulletin, along with Catherine Kuntz, was a scripture, Romans 8, 38 and 39. I am convinced, and I'll put in there confident, and I have an expectation, and I anticipate, I know that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present or the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is a promise for today. That is the hope we experience. That is the anticipation that we have for the day when there will be no more death, where there'll be no more demons, there'll be no principalities and powers, there'll be nothing to separate us. And I can't help but grin right now as I close. You may have been hearing my phone ding off and on, and that's because, one, I have trouble turning it off sometimes, knowing how to turn it off. But also because there is a picture that was sent And so many people are responding to it right now. Even though you can't hear anything but the ding, I feel like I hear the hope that all are experiencing together right now. It's a picture of the covenant school, the covenant church, and there is a rainbow extended over the church and school. That beautiful picture with that rainbow over the school and the church is the sign of a covenant between God and man. Oh, the reminders that we have in this life. As I said at the beginning, we can't make anyone else have hope. We can't even make ourselves have hope. But we can wake up. We can open our eyes and we can see the rainbows. We can hear the reminders of encouragement from people. We can come together and sit as on acres of hope and we can praise God as we look forward and anticipate what we will someday have perfectly and what Catherine Koontz is experiencing right now. It's our joy
0: to bring the experience and insight we gain through our work beyond the walls of the Daystar House.
1: If you enjoyed this conversation, please share it with your friends. And don't forget to click the follow button in your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. To learn more about our parenting resources or to see if we're coming to a city near you, visit our website at RaisingBoysAndGirls.com.
0: Join us next time for more help and hope as you continue your journey of raising boys and girls.